Good morning, Garfield. It is so good to be here again. Uh, I do have to say, though, I wish you were here in person. But I love this church. I love your mission to widen the circle because that's what I'm all about. Even my name, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's significance in a name. Like, my last name is Lenz. They looked it up. It's from Old German. It means new life. You see, I'm an evangelist. It's all about new life. And somebody said, well, Bob, I looked up your other name, Bob. And you know what Bob means in the dictionary? small jerk. <laughs> I'm like, ouch. He goes, Bob, that's not true though. He goes, you're not a small jerk. You're a big jerk. <laughs> and we laugh together, but there is significance in words. And that's why even one of my favorite hymns, on Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The original name of that hymn, the way it's probably in the hymnals, was actually called My Hope is Built. The question I want to ask all of us this morning is this. What are you building your hope on? What are you building your hope on? The, the song goes on. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Really? I got to ask, is it really? Come on, let's be honest. Then so, why are so many shaking and sinking during this time? But that's my message and a hope for this message, that your hope and my hope would be built on Christ alone. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm hoping for. But meet my friend Jenny. Life was going really good for her, and it was the end of 2019, right? She came from a good Christian family. Like so many of us, we're looking forward to 2020. A new year, a new decade, a new vision. She had a new job, and on top of it, on this Valentine's Day, she did have a new love with hope of the future. But out of nowhere, her dad, who was only 49 years old, found out he had brain cancer and died three weeks later. It rocked her world, of course. But her boyfriend really stepped in, because love does that, and was really there and walked her through her loss and her grief. But to start the new year out right, on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve, he got down on his knee and brought out a ring and asked her to be his wife. Gave hope in the midst of her loss, in the midst of her pain. And then they start planning their wedding. You know where this is going, don't you? You know why? Because hindsight is 2020. And we know they planned their wedding four times and had to cancel each time. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. She said, 2020 stole our wedding. It stole our honeymoon. It stole my job. And she was dealing with her own grief while trying to be there for her mom, who was sinking into depression because of becoming a widow at such an early age. They said, we finally gave up on the wedding with friends and family at Christian wedding. We just went down to the courthouse and we just signed the papers. They gave up on their dream wedding. Can you feel that? 
but she gave me a call and she said, I don't want to stereotype, but usually the woman is the one who had the harder time not having this beautiful Christian wedding. She said, but my husband was really struggling. So I wanted to surprise him. So for this year, 2020, New Year's Eve, we're going to do a surprise, you know, just a, a, a New Year's Eve party, but it's going to be a surprise wedding. My husband's not going to know it. Would you fly in and do a Christian wedding for us? I'm like, yes, 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 of course I will. So guess where they're from the state of Washington. So guess where I, st- I spent New Year's Eve this year? In cold Wisconsin. Because COVID had another spike. And it was canceled once again. My heart just goes out to him. What did 2020 steal from you? Was it a wedding? A graduation? A festival? Sports? Your freshman year? Family trip? Your job? Your marriage? For so many, a loved one. No wonder why so many people are like, just good rinse 2020. For me, I lost my thinness. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I can't blame it all on 2020. But I did find COVID-19, or maybe 25. But you know what? That's why so many quotes from 2020 are like this. I'm alive on the outside, but I feel dead on the inside. And the one that kind of said it all is I lost my hope in 2020. So people are saying, though, oh, just be optimistic. Just look at the bright side. Be positive. Stay busy. Keep your mind off it. You know what counselors call that? Denial. Is our hope really in Christ? What do you put your hope in? A lot of times during these times, we just go to a bowl of ice cream. For maybe, so frank, maybe another bowl just to try to calm us down. Or just another series on Netflix. Where are you going to put your hope in now? Are you going to put it in a vaccination? I'm thankful for it. The economy, the government, your resolutions, trying harder, even something as good as family and friends. How's that going for the world? Suicide calls are up 800%. A woman working at a local funeral home in my own town said half of all their suicides, half of all their funerals are because of suicides. All other ground is sinking sand. You feeling hopeless? Please, don't go through this alone. Reach out. Break the stigmas of mental health. It's okay to talk. It's okay to connect. We got to be there for each other. But Dr. Rehab, a Palestinian pastor, put it this way. Optimism alone is just passive. The idea that somehow things are just going to get better, but hope, real hope, is active. Working towards something, even if you don't see it in your own lifetime. There is a difference between optimism and real hope, real Christian hope. Because hope is active. Hope is based on the word of God, which is truth and reality. And it's big enough to handle whatever you're facing. And it's big enough to handle my reality and your reality. The great Desmond Tutu said it this way. Hope is being able to see that there is light in the midst of the darkness. You see, hope means hoping when everything is hopeless. 
I'm not saying you're supposed to be happy all the time. Come on. But hope allows you to enjoy the good things around you and to endure during the hard times. Matthew 11:17. 17, I love one of my favorite verses. Jesus said, I played a flute for you and you did not dance. I love the worship song this morning. It's like we'll be dancing, right? I, I, for those Baptists, more conservatives, I'm sorry. Jesus got mad when you didn't dance. That's the Bible. He said, I played a, a wedding song, a, a Valentine's Day song for you and you didn't dance. But then listen, he said, I also played a dirge for you and you didn't mourn. See, Jesus is the God of the mountaintops and the valleys. He just wants us to be authentic, to be real. He can handle whatever you're going through. First Thessalonians 4.12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, we, don't want you to, we want you to know what happens to believers that die so that you will not grieve like those who don't have any hope. See, do we grieve? Yes, but not without hope. We pray for Chip this morning, Pastor Chip. His father passed away. But we grieve with hope. Hope is more than trying to be optimistic and how things are going to turn out or wishing it'd go the way we want them. You see, let me say it loud and clear. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Colossians 1.27 says this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. A friend of mine has a church, and he's a pastor there, and every Sunday they go like this, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, there's only about three people here, but no matter where you are, except if you're driving, would you do this with me, right? Take your hands like this, Christ in me, the hope of glory. One more time, Christ in, see the sound people, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Somebody said to me, Bob, how can you be happy? How can you be a man of hope and joy with all the loss and the problems and the pain in this world? You know what my answer is? Christianity is the only hope that I have. If the Bible isn't true, what else are you going to build on? If the story's not true, if a virgin did become pregnant, did you hear that? Yes, if a virgin did become pregnant, if it wasn't God and man together, if it wasn't Emmanuel, God with us in our pain and our brokenness, then there's no hope. Then, then there's no reason to live. But if it does, every soul has felt its worth. Hear me loud and clear. If it's true, and it is, there is hope, then this life matters. The Bible says in John 1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But you got to look at verse 14. And the Word, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christ the rock, right? The written Word of God, where do you turn? Yeah. Not the media. I, I, to be honest, I think both sides of the media are fake. How do you really get to the truth? Look to the Word of God. And what does the Word of God say about the Word of God? Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is active and alive. Hope is active. The Word of God is active. Hope is a person, Jesus. He was born. He showed us how to live. He died. He is risen. He's coming again. Build your hope on Him. The hope doesn't end. You see, this world isn't the end. Death doesn't have the last word. We have the hope of heaven where everything will be made right. 
where everything will be made whole, where everything will be made new, where everything will last eternally, eternal life. We have hope for life. Is this life hard? Well, yes. But is it worth it? Yes, yes, yes. Where are you going to build your hope? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what you've seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. We have hope for eternal life, and that hope is real. But there's a term I want you to remember. Here it is. Both and. Already, not yet. See, if you focus just on the here and now and not on heaven, you're out of balance. If you focus just on heaven and not on the here and now, you're out of balance. See, we have to define eternal life. My favorite verse in the whole Bible might be tattooed right here. I'll tell you later. John 17, 3 says this. This is eternal life. To know you, the one true God, Jesus. See, I want people to be saved from the hell to come. And there's only one way. It's not by works. It's not by being good enough. It's relationship with Jesus by grace through faith. You'd be a disciple. You give your life to Jesus. If you haven't, trust today. Just call out to him. But I also want people to be saved from the hell they're living with right here on earth. You see, eternal life isn't just when you die and go to heaven. Eternal life is knowing God here as well. It's not just seeing the sinner's prayer and holding on till heaven. No, it's to make a decision you're done. Absolutely not. But it's to be a disciple that makes disciples. And to be Jesus to people no matter their conditions, no matter how much you disagree. Life is on earth as well. We find this in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came, the kingdom is here. Hope is here. Comfort and joy is here. A reason to live is here. Purpose is here. Love is here. The kingdom is here. Heaven is on earth. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. On the cross he said, it is is finished. It doesn't say, be sad and hold on till I come back the second time. He said, I've come to give you life now. If life is just when you die, then let's drink the Kool-Aid and go. And for some of you who aren't old enough, you should look up history. Because a tragedy in 1978, when Jim Jones, who started out as a Bible-believing pastor, said that this world didn't matter, just drink the Kool-Aid. 909 people drank the Kool-Aid and died. 304 of them children. It's not just about the next life. That's a form for your Bible studies. Look up Gnosticism that said only the spirit mattered and the flesh was evil. That's not true. Tim Keller, one of my favorite theologians, said this. Our Christian God is one of the only gods who played in the dirt. And when he made men and women, he said it is very good. You know what that means? That life is worth living here and now. Hope can happen here. Change can happen here. Miracles can happen here. Happiness can happen here. Meaning can happen. A friend of mine called at three in the morning. Said my world is upside down. 
I feel broken and lonely in so many ways. Despair, but I know God understanding weeps with me. And my hope has been struck, but it's still flickering. And I want God and the world and the devil to know that I will never allow anything or anyone or any situation to steal my faith. And she said, I promise. And she got a tattoo to represent that because her husband had left her with her two kids. That's real hope. That's endurance. Hear this loud and clear. Joy is not the elimination of pain. Joy is the addition of hope. No matter what you're facing, let's add hope to it. Then we can sing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living. Just because he lives. So many people are saying, you should never have a kid and bring him into this world. But you know what? I have 12 grandkids. How sweet to hold this newborn baby and feel the pride and joy she gives. But greater still, the calm assurance this child can face on certain days because he lives. If you put your faith and hope in this life alone, yeah, we're all people to be pitied, but you can build your life on the hope for this life and the next. Let me tell you, build it on Christ and you can enjoy the good things and endure the hard things. With hope, this life is worth living. I wrote a poem, and <laughs> Justin, I'm not a poem writer, but I, 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 when I saw this, I'm like, yes, it's not just about heaven. We gotta live here. We have a life to live, even during this pandemic, so here it is. There's people to be loved, creation to be enjoyed, friendships to be cherished, meals to be prepared and shared, children to be pushed on swings, right? Wine to be savored, waves to be surfed, injustices to be made right, parties to have, songs to be written and sung, fish to be caught, that's my sister, cities to be built, trails to be explored, art to be dreamed, books to be read, games to be played, romance to be pursued, hearts to be mended, jewelry to be designed, Legos to be put together, snowmen to be built, kites to be flown, addictions and evil to be overcome, skateboards to be rode, woods to be explored. Why? Because there's a God to be glorified. And how do you do it? By a life that is lived in and with hope. That is what God is called. Now, if you don't know me, you gotta hear this. I'm not making light of her problems and our struggles with reality of medical depression and anxiety. But in the same way that we should never stop fighting cancer, we can never, please promise me, never to stop fighting hopelessness with everything that we have in us. And what do we have in us? Christ, the hope of glory, right? A God who is bigger. Let me explain it this way. I'm a fisherman. I was out on the coast of Florida when we were out fishing, and I got on. They said about a 15-pound mackerel, and I am fighting this thing, as you can see. But all of a sudden, whoop, it just came in. And all I had left was this. <laughs> Look at that. All I got was the head. Something bigger ate it. And I'm like, holy mackerel. 
And they're like, okay, that was dumb. <laughs> they said, no, Bob, not holy mackerel. It was a shark. Take a look. Look at how big that was. Can I tell you this? I'm not asking you to make light of your problems. But as big as your problems are today, I want you to know this. Our God is bigger. Maybe not in our minds, though. And that's why we got to do this. Not just be optimistic. We have to do what Psalms 34.3 says. Magnify the Lord with me. You know what that means? Make him big. I've had so many people die in the last year, in the last three years. And to be honest, the only time I am totally at peace and joyful is in worship. And I said to my wife one night after a, we call it a cow concert of worship, like three hours of just worship. And I was like flying. I, I felt like I wasn't even touching the ground. I said, honey, even, even if this is just made up, and I know some people think charismatics just want the experience, but even if there's no God and this was all fake, who did I hurt? Who did I hurt? I didn't hurt anybody. I wasn't on any porn sites. I didn't get drunk. I didn't take any drugs. So even if it's not real, it was good. But then to believe that there was a God who's deserving of all my praise, and this is real, and it gives me hope for now and forever, it's time to worship, church. It's time to get in lost and be drunk not with wine, but with the Holy Spirit. And that is biblical. That stands up. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Will you be a part of bringing, you did this morning in worship, will you be a part of bringing a taste of heaven to earth? And what is heaven like? A place where you're seen and heard and understood and loved and wanted. A place where you matter. We can be a place like that. A church, a community, a body, small groups, already not yet. A place to grieve together. All of us are grieving whether you believe it or not, no matter how strong you are. Grief is loss. But we need a place to mourn. And mourn is a place you feel safe enough to share that grief. May we offer that to people during this time. See, faith is the confidence of what we hope for, the assurance we don't even see. Hebrews 11, many times called the, the hall of faith, it says this in 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not even receive the things they promised. They only saw them from afar, from a distance, and admitted they were strangers and foreigners in this land. They had hope even though they never got it. But us, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. The kingdom has come already, but not yet. So don't give in to the darkness around us. And don't just exist until he comes back. But don't give in to denial and just be an optimist. That quote that I, I said before is from Dr. Rahab, a Palestinian pastor. And he said, the idea that we have to believe is this. Things just won't get better on their own. But hope is active. Working towards something even if it never happens in my lifetime. He said, would you plant an olive tree that you'll never get to see? My hope that olives would someday bring enjoyment and that the oil would one day bring healing and that the branches 
would one day heal our division and bring peace. Church, the next generation is watching how we handle this. Where are you putting your hope in the midst of these crazy times? What does it look like to have hope? To be a person of hope, to be a people of hope, to be a community of hope, to be a church of hope. One that builds their hope on nothing less and nothing else but Jesus. What does that look like? I heard it put this way. If I knew I was gonna die tomorrow, I would plant an apple tree today. Bill Yonker, my pastor on my board, put it this way. He's a movie, he loves a movie. He goes, you know in Robin Hood? Robin of Lockley is found opposing evil while caring for his people in the Sherwood Forest. This he does as he waits for the king to return while having a sense of joy and even causing laughter at times. <laughs> and who is the king? The king was King Richard the Lionhearted. Oh, that we would be lionhearted as we wait for the return of our king. And as we do, oppose evil, stand up for justice, and take care of his people with a sense of joy. Then we can sing, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long by living my life to the fullest because my hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. So on Christ, the solid rock, I stand and all other ground is sinking sand. Church, I gotta ask again, what is your hope built on? Is Jesus really Lord? That means boss, that means king. Or are the problems of 2020, COVID, division, racism, hate, what owns your heart? Do you have hope of eternal life? I'm sorry, I'm an evangelist. If you don't know that if you would die today, that you know you would spend eternity in a place where everything is gonna be like the garden, where it's supposed to be, you're loved and wanted, that that birth in Bethlehem was for you, that those miracles were for you. Everything that was written in the book of John was that you and I would believe that he died and that he's risen. Even on Valentine's Day, there's many lonely today, broken, hurt, as Justin joked about. But there's only one who will not break your heart. And that's why it actually comes from St. Valentine, who talked about the heart that only, yes, you know Jesus here. Yes, you know him in your head. You know the story. But is he your hope for life? If not, wherever you are, the Word of God says, to as many as receive him, gave you the right to become children of God. Ask him to come in your life. Trust him. Tell him you believe that he is love. He is hope. And then for the rest of us who already call ourselves followers, disciples, loyal, learning followers, it's not one time and done. It's time to resurrender today. Will you give more power to the magnitude of our God 
than the power of the hate in this country, to the power of the fear because of the virus. I'm asking to be safe and wise, but who has your heart? Where's your hope in? So I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now. Number one, to give your life to Christ. And number two, to give our life on earth to Christ. The heart and then our actions. All of us. Jesus, we want to plant a tree today. First, by your word being planted in us. If you're listening right now, you've never cried out. You don't know for sure. You'd spend eternity in heaven. Cry out, Jesus, save me. Help. I need you. I can't do this on my own. There's no hope without him. But if you're there and you've been beaten up by this storm, I have. If you're grieving, would you invite hope, the person, his word, his death and resurrection into your story? And let him turn the story around. Death, pain, loss. Virus doesn't have the last word. Yes. Hope is bigger. Magnify the Lord in your thoughts, in your hearts, in our actions, in our church, and in our worship. Lose yourself in who God is to find who you really are. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen.